Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order. We discuss these movies so that you don't have to. I'm your host. My name is Steve. With me, as always, is my co-host, Hannah. Hannah, how are you doing this week? This week? (laughs) Yeah. Man, this movie kind of broke me a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really have much to say. And what movie would you be talking about? Peggy Sue Got Married. Peggy Sue Got Married, the 1986 classic. What else you got, Ed? I don't know. I worked for 15 hours yesterday. Fell asleep, woke up, we did some errands and stuff, and then got into this movie, and it just, you said that you felt the same way after Valley Girl. Yeah. Where you were like, how can I go on <laughs> after I saw this? Not because it like changed me in any spiritual way or anything like that, just because I, I, I can't even... Yeah, Hannah had us. You could almost see her spirit leave her body after this movie was over. She this movie really broke her in the same way that Valley Girl, I think, broke me. The scene in Valley Girl where Nick Cage wasn't in it, but where the mom and the dad are like rubbing each other really weird in Valley Girl, I lost my cool. I just lost it. I threw things. I don't like to bring it up, but here we are. <laughs> so the same thing happened with Hannah today. My voice cracked a little there, but the same thing happened today. With Hannah as we watched Peggy Sue Got Married. So, spoiler alert, this is a time travel romantic comedy movie from 1986. It's like Back to the Future, but way less cool. And and (laughs) makes zero sense. So, uh, starring Nicolas Cage. No explanation why time travel happens. Right, right. This movie, no, absolutely not. No, (laughs) of course not. We'll get into it in a minute. But this movie stars Nicolas Cage. And what is the lead actress's name again? It's Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner, who I recognized immediately as Chandler's dad and friends. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kathleen Turner did not age well, but she's she's really funny actress and, and she's kind of self-depreciating about it. So she's great. So we'll get into the movie scene by scene as we always do. But first, we'd like to hear a few stories from Hannah oh about God. this movie. Hannah, what do you have? All right. Well, I'll start with saying that Kathleen Turner gets top billing. Yeah. Which we noticed in some of the previous movies where Nick Cage wasn't actually the lead, where the women were the leads. They Valley did not Girl. get Valley Girl yeah. for prime example. They did not get top billing, but Kathleen Turner finally um got her uh, day in the sun and <laughs> got the, got her top billing. Is this before or after Romancing the Stone? I think it's after. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. That was the other her other big movie. Great. Okay, it's like these two <laughs> and Dumb and Dumber 2 are her big credits on IMDb, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I know her. I just don't know what I know her from. Right. Well, Friends and Dumb and Dumber 2 are the more recent examples. Well, you know, I haven't seen either of those. <laughs> that is true. So. <laughs> don't come at me for not watching Friends. <laughs> All right, so um, where? Oh what we'd like to start even... with is where is Nicolas Cage in his life or how did he get the role or maybe some behind the scenes stories about the movie. All right. We'll talk about how he got the role first. Okay. This is exciting. Oh, oh so we should mention that this is another uh, Francis Ford Coppola movie. Jesus so Christ. how did he get the role? Nepotism. You guessed it, folks. And He's... like more more so than any other movie in the past. Really? Yeah. So there's a fuller story? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So here's the story. Please. So Nick Cage has said multiple times that he never wanted to be in this film in the first place. 
Oh, yeah. So that was part of the uh, New York Times article, the interview that came out just a few months ago. Right. He, I remember him mentioning that. So, yeah. In that, in that article... <laughs> just, okay. So, Nick, <laughs> I'm still broken. I can't put words we took, together. We took like a three or four hour break after watching this movie. And, and I was like, Hannah, are you ready? Can Are you fixed? Are you not broken anymore? Can you talk about this movie? And she said, yeah, no problem. And then she started looking up articles and she just shattered again. <laughs> okay. So, Nick, in his nouveau shamanic tendencies, <sighs> appreciates putting his own unusual spin on characters is how we'll phrase it so when he was talking about doing that he told the new york times in that article that directors typically don't get it but because in peggy sue it's his uncle francis ford coppola who didn't get what nick cage wanted to do with the way that he ended up actually portraying his character while his uncle didn't get it, he, I guess, let him eventually. So Nick Cage said that there, he probably, I don't want to like spoil exactly what it is yet that he did. We could talk about it. I don't know. It's, Do yeah. you want to save it? I mean, it. Ha- we notice it right in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So right in the beginning of the movie, we notice Nick Cage is doing a weird voice. <laughs> and this is not like the usual, oh, I'm Nick Cage voice. This is, he's got a bubble in his throat. It's high pitched. It's very nerdy almost and also raspy at the same time. It's like, uh, let me find a good quote to just read out. Like, um, I love it when you're throwing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so he's like a bubble in his He's got throat. a bubble in his throat and it's like, I love it when you're throwing your baton. <laughs> it's like, oh, jeez. It's really, it's so, really so, jarring. So, we'll put, so weird. It's maybe, so weird. Maybe we'll put in like a a clip here so definitely that, okay we'll put here's in a clip. an example of nick cage speaking the way that he's speaking what time is it holy cow it's late and i'm sure i didn't do it any justice but that when i do that voice that's what you can imagine nick cage doing throughout the entire movie right okay so i'm not as broken i feel like i can proceed with this now okay so when i said that he must have said no five or six times i didn't realize that they meant that nick must have said no to making this movie five or six times not coppola saying no to what nick wanted to do that comes later in this article so nick cage kept saying i don't want to do this movie and then he was like uncle frank like why do you want to do this movie (laughs) and francis ford coppola replied that it was like the play our town have you ever seen Our Town? No, I don't really. I'm not familiar with Nothing that. like this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Despite Nick Cage telling his uncle no, his uncle just said, just come to the re- just come to rehearsal. Just just come on, just show up. And he did. And then he finally agreed to do the movie under the condition that he had to go really far out with the character and talk like Pokey from the Gumby show. Wow. So Pokey, I had to look up who this is. Pokey is the little horse that Gumby rides. Yeah, it's the horse that Gumby rides. So Nick Cage's inspiration for this movie was a (laughs) plastic horse? (laughs) What? (laughs) I love thinking about actor's inspiration and how his is so weird. Additionally. Yeah, what else? You know how earlier in an earlier podcast you mentioned John Stamos? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So John Stamos did like a Veet commercial 
It's not pantyhose. Oh, I thought it was le- eggs or whatever. No. In this article, it says Veet. Oh, okay. I believe Which you. is razors or like nair or something like that. <laughs> okay. And apparently the way that he says love in this commercial is the way that Nick wanted to say the word love in this movie. I love my Veet or whatever it is. Right? Yeah. What? Oh, I love my fault. <laughs> who, who can, who can like compartmentalize one weird pronunciation of that word, word but okay. <laughs> one small word from an inconsequential commercial and be like i'm gonna base an entire character off of that and then fuck it let's let's throw in this weird ass character from the gumby show inspiration can come from anywhere <laughs> <laughs> wow that is really something i forgot that this was this that was this movie where he was inspired by john stamos saying love so that's that. Um, he kept showing up to the rehearsal and everyone was rolling their eyes because he was talking like that, especially Kathleen Turner. Wow. And the whole thing just didn't go over well. He never worked with his uncle again after that. Really? Okay. The producer threatened to fire him. His uncle <laughs> went to bat saying that young Nikki is doing this. And then he never worked for that producer or I guess his uncle again after that. Wow. That's an incredible story. <laughs> so um, there's some issues with Kathleen Turner and, and Nick as well. Ooh. Which. Do you want to save for later? I think we can save as it we because get through the movie? it will make sense a little bit with, um, with the plot. Okay. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> Buckle up, folks. This is going to be fun. Wow. Okay. So Gumby. Just think Gumby. Gumby. So he's been inspired by banging birds and <laughs> cats on acid and cobras and Gumby. And John Stamos. And John Stamos and a you could razor before starting this podcast, you could give me a million dollars, a million years, <laughs> and the promise of an eternal life and ask me what what do what do these five things have in common? <laughs> Nick Cage inspiration. Nick Cage acting inspiration. Never would have guessed it. Never. Wow. Okay. So do you want to? Well, go- now if your life, if you're listening and your life is on the line, <laughs> and some wizard promises you the an, eter- an eternal life to guess what these five things have in common, now you know. <laughs> All right. Let's. You want to tear through this movie? Just- Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So the movie opens up and it's Kathleen Turner and her daughter played by Helen Hunt. Correct? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to be my fact checker. You're supposed uh, to know these things. <laughs> sorry. No, that's all right. This movie broke you. But um, so we immediately noticed that there's a mother daughter relationship between these two and they look very similar in age. And Helen Hunt turns to Kathleen Turner and says, hey, dad's on the TV. And the dad is Nicolas Cage, but this movie came out in 1986. So Nicolas Cage is like 22 years old. So we're like, how is he old enough to be Helen Hunt's dad? (laughs) We later find out that this is a time travel movie. But so that's the first Nick Cage scene is he's on the TV and it's a commercial for his appliance store. So we did Back to the Future come out yet? Is he just following Crispin Glover's footsteps? We've talked about Back to the Future so many times in this (laughs) podcast, and I still never remember what year Back to the Future came out. Please hold (laughs) I think it was 1985. Then maybe. Yep. 1985? Yes, 1985. Okay. Yeah, so 
he's just getting with his good friend Crispin Glover saying, <laughs> hey, man, that time travel movie worked out really well for you. I'm going to get me one of those. <laughs> Except he didn't want to be in this movie. No, and his uncle thought that this was like our town. If you look, up the, look up our town. Yeah. It's nothing like this. Wow. So he's in the commercial for his appliance store, and he's furiously breaking fortune cookies and reading the fortunes. And the fortunes are like, our prices have never been lower for VCRs. What does he say? It's twelve ninety nine for VCRs and TVs, and he's known as Crazy Charlie. So he's also this is an early contender for best dressed because he's wearing what's the name of the jacket? The jacket that has like those frills that you might see like uh, frontiersmen or like Native Americans like will wear like, like the, fringes, like fringes. Yeah, yeah, not frills, fringes. What's is there a name for that jacket? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, though. they're usually it's a like jacket a, with fringe. Yeah, there's they're usually like brown leather or something. This was a bright white <laughs> fringed jacket. It's probably leather, like white leather. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And so he's cracking these fortune cookies, and so Kathleen Turner goes, Peggy Sue. We'll we'll use those names interchangeably, but she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to see your father. So they're divorced in a time where divorce probably doesn't happen that often, you know. But so. Kathleen Turner is getting ready for her 25-year high school reunion. And we're like, she looks like she's too old to be in high school, but too young to be at a 25-year reunion. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So she gets into the reunion. And again, we see Nick Cage, but this time in picture form uh, because they were prom king and queen. And, and he was really, uh, he was somewhat yeah, like popular. They're, they're like the popular school couple. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Since they ended up together. Yeah. So I wrote I wrote a note here. <laughs> I said, you know, at this high school reunion scene, I really felt like I was there in the sense that I was at someone else's high school reunion where I didn't know or care about any of the people there <laughs> because they were like, oh, my God, Becky, are you still doing dance? Oh, my God. How long has it been? I have four kids now. What about you? This is my husband, Bob. And I'm like, I don't care. And you're like, I'm Bob. <laughs> 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 it's like i hear stories of people who you know go to their spouses high school reunions. i don't or even think i would care to go to my own high school reunion <laughs> <laughs> right right like i would go to mine much less a spouse <laughs> right i would go to mine for sure but like it's especially a 30-year reunion or something like that if you go to a spouse's reunion and it's just like you remember that time you know we got really drunk and did the thing and and spouse is just like i wasn't there this is so boring for me and that's how i felt i felt like i was someone's spouse <laughs> Uh, so we get introduced to a few characters at the uh, reunion, which we'll kind of go through throughout the movie. I don't, I don't want to introduce them now. But like I said, really well-dressed because Nick Cage does end up showing up to the reunion. Uh, and they name a reunion king and queen. And Peggy Sue, Kathleen Turner, is the reunion queen. But she gets a little flustered after seeing her ex-husband, who's in this like white suit with the fringes. And he's <laughs> and he's got really bad makeup and wig on. Oh, to, he looked, yeah. He looked he horrible. Looks, he looked like, horrible. Like, haggard <laughs> so haggard so peggy sue passes out on stage and when she wakes up it's 25 years prior of course it is and we're like this is a fucking time travel movie holy hell well it's like now this makes sense that nicholas cage this 22 year old actor would be playing right, right. like high school right and so we kind of believable yeah yeah and we looked it up kathleen turner is 32 but she looks she i'm looks not okay. gonna say I'm not going to say that she looks like she's in her late 40s, like she's actually supposed to be. Yeah. But I'm also not going to say she looks 
good for 32. Well, she also doesn't look 18. <laughs> well, certainly not, because she doesn't look that good for right. 32. Right. So I don't know if that means it's perfect casting or bad casting. Should they have gone in one of the opposite directions? Should they have cast somebody closer to Nick Cage's age? Should they have cast somebody who's 40-something? I don't know. Remains, the world will never know. So she waits. Who are we to judge, honestly? Well, we're the people who have the, the power. The power. <laughs> we have the mics. We, we sit We sit in our small room behind a and, microphone. And ruminate. Yeah. So uh, Kathleen Turner wakes up. Peggy Sue wakes up. And she's at the blood drive her senior year of high school. And who so do they're we- like, oh, you passed out. Yeah. During the blood drive. And who wakes her up other than Nick Cage himself? coming up to her with his arm like over his face almost and he goes blah 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 i want to suck your blood blah blah and then he like barks at her like he does for all women apparently <laughs> this is just a thing he does ruff, ruff, ruff. and he like kisses her neck and then they're like oh you you have low blood sugar here's a twinkie he's like i'm going to kiss you and suck your blood and then i'm going to suck the twinkie <laughs> <laughs> And then he's like talking normally. And that's when Hannah and I really looked at each other and we were like, what is wrong with his fucking voice? (laughs) Here, insert clip of that if we can get it. (laughs) Am I dead? No. You are the undead. Come on, let's have it. You hate them anyway. All right. I don't want to insert too many clips, but but yeah. <laughs> okay. So I don't even I don't even know where the movie goes from here. But All right, I just want to ask you, Steve, yeah, please. Yeah. If you're in your late forties uh-huh. <laughs> and you pass out and wake up and you're back in high school, right? What would you do? And or if you're high school age, w- mm. would you decide to go back to high school and do it all over again? Mm-hmm. Would you be like, oh, my God, there's all these new inventions in the future. Let me discover one of them and make a lot of money. I would, would do- you visit like your dead family members. <laughs> right. What yeah. would you do? I would do all of those things. Probably I would, you know go back in time and well if i went back in time i would yeah first thing i would probably do is think okay well i don't know how long i'm gonna be here so maybe i can kind of set myself up for the future and try to find good investments things like you know obviously apple disney or the big google the big kind of giants of of the world and then again like you said i would probably find um you know people who have since passed on uh or maybe like someone you got in a big fight with and you regret it yeah, something, maybe something like that. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Relationships uh, or things like that. Right, yeah. I i don't know that I would go right back to school. Um, no? What, why not? <laughs> because it's kind of pointless. <laughs> it, but what does Peggy Sue do? She just lives her life she just, all over again. She's like... Exactly the same She's way. like, oh, this is so fun. Great. She's like, oh... <laughs> Oh my god! I can't believe I've woken up. I'm an I'm a grown woman, and I have to be back in high school, and then does it. Right. It's like, then don't do right. something else. Right, right. <laughs> she's totally not smart about time travel. No, she's and she keeps complaining the whole movie. She's like, you wouldn't understand. I'm a grown woman. I've been through this. Like right. to people who don't, who think she's crazy or 
yeah. don't know that she's from the future and they're like, oh, haha, Peggy Sue, yeah. you're such a goose. Like something like that. It's like, well, if you're such a grown woman and you've been through all this, why are you living in your mom's house? Why are you going back to high school? Like, go do something else. She's telling everyone that she's a time traveler. <laughs> she's like, she's like, she's I don't like, want to hear from the future. <laughs> I don't want to marry you twice. And Nick's like, I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> so let's see, where were we? So yeah, she wakes up and she's like, yeah, I'm going to school or something. Yeah, she like, I don't know. She freaks out for like a minute and then it's like, yeah. all right, well, I guess I'll go to school. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes to school and who takes her to school but her boyfriend at the time, Nicolas Cage, with his goofy ass voice. So weird. And I think I wrote down here he's got some crazy hair. It's like bleached blonde hair and it's it's like Elvis. Way up like Elvis. Very mm-hmm. good comparison, yeah. yeah. And he's got these kind of thick rain glasses on. And what does he have glasses. in his mouth? He's got like uh uh what are they called? Veneers. Yeah. He's got veneers on. So we're kinda like, did he fix his teeth? But no, it's just kind of caps. He references his teeth at one point. Yeah, in the he movie. does in the movie. Yeah, he's like, "I'm I'm the good looking guy. I got the eyes. I got the teeth. You know, I got the hair." And we're like, "Oh my god, those are not good things for you. <laughs> None of those things are good." <laughs> yeah, and I I I think I wrote the word "Oh my god" his voice on this sheet of paper like a thousand times. Because... So not only is he doing this Gumby voice, but because he has these veneers in or whatever is in his he's mouth, he's got a little bit of a list. Yeah, it's, it's like, a like little bit... when you put in your retainers for the first time yeah. and you have a hard time closing or even when you get braces for the first time and like your lips kind of like puff out over them because mm. there's something in your mouth that isn't supposed to be in there. That's right. what she said. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Uh, and then, I don't know, like you kind of mumble a little bit and then also have a little bit of a lisp because right. your tongue moves weird around it. It's like he not only is doing the Gumby voice, but also has a weird lisp. Yeah. So throughout this movie as well, Peggy Sue and Nick Cage go back and forth about whether they want to break up or be together. Like every other scene, it changes three times. And they're like, I want to be with you forever. And then it's like, no, you cheated on me 20 years from now. I don't want to be with you. So on their car ride to school, he's like, why don't we do a trial period where we see other people and window shop and then we'll kind of come back to each other and get married after that. And she's like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm breaking up with you. But then later she's like, oh, my God, you're so sweet. I'm going to be with you forever. I don't know. I, I, you know what? This is one of those movies that I was like, yeah, it was fine at the time. But no, looking back, I'm like, I hate this movie. So stupid. <laughs> so then he has the, So we kind of skip to lunch. And so they're at lunch. And Jim Carrey makes an appearance in this movie, actually, as well. He's being his kind of usual self. There are three main guys, I'd say, in this movie. Maybe four. Three or four. Yeah. I'd say three out of four of them seem to be competing as to who can be like the goofiest yeah yep you've got jim carrey who's naturally (laughs) an oddball yeah you've got nick cage doing this weird voice who doesn't even want to be in this movie and then you got like this other guy yeah so did she already reference the other guy there was this big poster of this track star at, at the high school who uh, was kind of this quiet, edgy guy. And she was like... Really moody. She was like, if I wasn't with Crazy Charlie, I would have gotten with him. So, of course... Michael or something. Yeah, she gets with him later in the movie. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Sorry. (laughs) We're not there yet. But uh, So let's see. Yeah, so they skip to lunch. And then they skip to after school. And after school, she's on the twirling or baton or cheerleading team or something. So she's trying to twirl this baton. And Nick Cage pulls up in his... It's a pretty nice car, but he pulls up... 
outside the fence and she runs over to go talk to him. And that's when he says the thing that I tried to mimic earlier. I love it when they twirl your baton. (laughs) And so they talk and she's like, you know, I broke up with you this morning, so don't you feel rejected? And he's like, yeah, I did. I did really feel rejected. And she's like, good. That's how I felt 20 years from now. And then, and then he reaches into his pocket and he takes out a mint. Oh my God. (laughs) And he squeezes his eyes closed, opens his mouth wide, puts the mint in his mouth and takes this big, deep breath. And Hannah goes, it's like he needed that mint to live. And there's a few scenes in this movie. Every time he eats something, it's like the first time that he's ever eaten it, but also it's going to be the last. Yeah, he might as well have went, ugh, <laughs> after he put a freaking mint in his mouth. He eats a Rice crispy later in the movie. <laughs> and he does the same thing. He opens his mouth wider than I've ever seen anybody open their mouth. But he like scrunches squ- his eyes uh, oh, super oh, close oh, shut first oh. and then just like gapes open yeah. his mouth yeah so that's actually the next scene we see nick cage is so that night is one of peggy sue's uh girlfriend's birthday party or something like that and so he goes to pick her up because that was their plan all along was that he was going to pick her up for the party so before he picks her up for the party he he's in his car he's in his nice car and he's sitting outside of peggy sue's house he pulls down his oh my god he pulls down his <laughs> sun visor his 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 visor uh, yeah. the thing on in the car and there's like a sticker of a man <laughs> he's probably like an actor he's probably something. an actor of the time in the 60s or, or just uneducated or a musician he was probably a musician because he was a music nick cage plays a musician yeah. a singer so he says what does he say he says <laughs> feed me charge me and he does like the me- in that voice though he's like voice. feed me feed <laughs> me charge me oh. and and he does the um, meet the parents thing where he does his two fingers and he points to his eyes and yeah, he points like to the uh, yeah like the I'm watching you thing, feed me charge me and <laughs> it was so weird. So he goes he goes into the house and so I guess because they're coming of age he has like a real talk with Peggy Sue's dad about like kind of respecting boundaries and stuff and that's when he eats the rice crispy <laughs> and because her mom made rice krispies for the big party and so he's like I want you to respect my daughter now. And he goes, oh, oh, and takes a bite of the Rice Krispie. Really weird. So they go to the party and um, he's kind of putting on the charm. And he says things like, I'll, I always loved you. I love you. I will always love you kind of thing. And she's a little like, mm, all right, maybe we can get back together. And then he also is part of like a barbershop quartet type of thing mm-hmm. with him and Jim Carrey and two other kind of random guys. And he's the lead singer, and this is another best dressed. This is really, I love this one. This is really good. He's wearing a button-down shirt that has like music staffs and music symbols on it, and a gold like sequence jacket, and it's like a black tie. Yeah, like, like a, a black, skinny tie. black tie. Yeah, and, and khakis. khakis. And he's got that Hollywood hair that just goes a mile high. But it's like different. It's it's like every scene you see it, it's a different color. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His hair changed more colors in this movie than, than it did in Valley Girl when it was supposed to be changing right. colors. Like it's it's obvious it's not supposed to be changing colors, right. but it's like a different shade of blonde. <laughs> and what did you think of his singing? I mean, you're music musical and yeah, he was fine. Yeah, 
You could, you could tell how musical I am. I could barely say the word musical. <laughs> I think you called the music notes symbols. <laughs> Just now? Well, you, were, you said staff. Yeah. I was proud of that. You were They're like, also... oh, it's a music staff and then music symbols. Is that not the right word? They're like, just called notes. Oh, notes. <laughs> yeah, see. I don't, I, don't, I don't know these types of things. Oh. Listen today as Steve learns what a music note is. <laughs> and then so the end of the song that they do, he goes, bye, bye. <laughs> That's really good, too. Maybe we'll put that one in. That one's fun. Ah, oh, we're going to put so many clips in. That's fine. Bye, bye. Um, need the, the only thing that matters about this movie is the way that he spoke. Oh, so, nothing else. The plot's so stupid. So the music is playing after he's singing, and he approaches Peggy Sue, looking like he's gonna eat her. He's <laughs> just, <laughs> and that's when he gives the whole "I will always love you" type of thing. And they're embracing, and legitimately, Hannah thought, and and reasonably so, Hannah thought that he burped in her face <laughs> because his again his mouth opens up wide, and he goes. Oh. Like, like I'm no, not exaggerating when he does that. But it was, it was like more of like a burping sound. It was like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they're about to kiss or something. And he goes, oh, oh, <laughs> just in her face, and then she kisses him. So we we cut away from the party, and they're in the car making out. And this is another great scene because. You know, she's like, oh, my God, I forgot how much you cared about me. I forgot how talented you were. I forgot you were such a good singer. And again, he's just manhandling her face like he does every time he kisses every a woman, woman on screen. Yeah. He sees a woman and he just automatically <laughs> just grabs their face. Right. So Peggy Sue is just like, uh, let's let's make love. And he's like, you want to have intercourse? And she's like, yeah, it doesn't, you know, little, I forget what she calls it. I forget what. Oh, Charlie. So doesn't little Chucky want to play or something like that? And he goes, You mean my wang? <laughs> That's my favorite line. That's a great I've ever line. Heard. And, Oh, you mean my wang? <laughs> <laughs> and so he refuses. I, I don't know why. I guess he got nervous. So he refuses to have sex with her. And Hannah goes, He looks like he's on something. <laughs> so because. He he turned down her request to have sex. She goes and finds the uh, dark, mysterious, poetic track star from her class. Michael. Michael something or other. Who is also a very strange bird. So weird. So they hop on the back of his motorcycle and they drive to a field. And, <laughs> and the field is the worst set I think I've ever seen. It's so because It's like a high school show. <laughs> There was one point where Hannah goes, oh my God, Steve, look at the stars. Because in this scene, the stars, it's just like somebody- They're so plentiful, first of all. Yeah. And like, you're not going to get that in the no. middle of even pitch black. No, it's like somebody put like a piece of construction paper. With and, like white dots and, like, on it. White out on it. It just, it looks horrible. So they're, you know, getting close and they're about to make out. And she's like, tell me more of your poetry. And he shouts, no more jello, mom. And something about like, and I will suck the blat, the rat, uh, I will suck the blood from the rat's skulls and stuff. And I mean, she's that's like, that's what I was thinking. I was like, hmm, is he competing with Nick? Yeah, I think he was. I think he was. So, I mean, the f- fact that Nick got kicked off of set or mm-hmm. that, you know, like he kept getting in trouble and he didn't take this movie seriously. 
so people are competing to just outdo each other because you've got Jim Carrey and Nick Cage. Who's the nephew of the director. Mm -hmm. So they're probably like, oh, well, if he can, if he's doing this and his uncle likes it, maybe I should be doing that and I'll get cast in more things. Yeah. I mean, this is all just our speculation. Completely. But But halfway through the movie. um, It's pretty clear. I'm just watching Nick Cage not give a single like crap about what he's doing. Like it's so obvious that he's just making fun of himself. I mean, especially <laughs> after hearing afterward that it's something he didn't even want to do to begin yeah. with. Yeah. He's doing this voice for like no apparent reason. So apparently Kathleen Turner in his um in Nick's like New York Times article, he said that it's it was pretty obvious that Kathleen Turner was expecting the Nick Cage from Birdie. And going in, apparently she was really excited to be working with him because he did very well. And he was like, yeah, but that ain't what she got. No. Because I just wanted to be an asshole. Uh, And he succeeded. Well, should we get into some of the issues? Yes. So do you want to finish the scene up? Well, because so that scene, it doesn't even include Nick Cage, but I just thought that the set and the lines were kind of funny. So the next scene is kind of a throwaway scene. We see him at his dad's shop and she goes to be like, oh, maybe we should get back together after she just had sex with somebody else. And he eats another mint and it looks super weird. And he goes, she's like, oh, what am I going to do with you? And he goes, oh, boy, just cherish me. So, but the next scene is, I think, what's going to be a good segue into what you're going to talk about. So, the next scene, so we, we you can actually watch this movie, it's, movie, it's on Crackle, and on Crackle, they have commercial breaks. So, the commercial, we paused after the commercial, we're like, is this the same movie? Because the next scene, Nick Cage is creeping, he's got, like, the creep <laughs> hands, he's got his hands out like a T-Rex with, like, a claw on each hand, and he climbs in through Peggy Sue's window... And he sits down on her bed while she's sleeping. And he might like play with her hair just a second. And then he picks up a pillow. And he is about to put the pillow over her face like he's about to kill her. her. Yeah. Like he's just going to kill her in her sleep. So anyway, that might be a good segue into how their relationship was on set. Um, not good. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. So when she was asked about his accent, she replied that it was tough not to say cut it out <laughs> but it wasn't my job to say to another actor what he should or shouldn't do yeah so so she decided to go directly to the director francis ford coppola mm. and ask him you approve this choice <laughs> and apparently his uncle stood up for him mm-hmm. and things didn't go well and then there was a lot of tension between kathleen turner and the director uncle frankie for the rest of the movie <clears throat> so in this interview with kathleen turner she kept referring to nick cage as a as a real asshole she shared that he was very difficult on set the director allowed him to do whatever he wanted with his role and then if anything his portrayal of the role only further illustrated her character's disillusionment with the past Hmm. yeah so you would think she'd be looking at the past with like these rose-colored glasses but she goes back and she sees Nick for, you know, what he truly is, mm. which on in the movie and on the set in real life, apparently, is just a big a-hole. Yeah, yeah. So, um, there was a lawsuit. What? Yeah. Let me for, find that. What? Please For defamation me. of character. Who defamed whose character? <laughs> Nick Cage defamed <laughs> his own character. <laughs> oh, Nick Cage sued Kathleen Turner. What? 
defamation, libel, and slander. Because she said he was awkward. He was uncomfortable on set because he was the worst. It doesn't say, but uh, she accused him of like stealing a dog. What? It's this whole thing that I'm having a really difficult time right now in the state that of my <laughs> mental health <laughs> at this moment. <laughs> um, dissecting. Wow. Okay. Well, that makes sense, I guess, sort of. Does it? Yeah. It's so intense. She sued him. They, like, sued each other. They sued each other for defamation of... Character? Character. Okay. I can kind of see it if, if all this contention was happening. She said that he dog-napped a chihuahua and was arrested for drunk driving twice during the filming of this movie. Wow. Jesus. He really did not give a single crap wow. about anything while filming this. No wonder he regrets it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably like, I never should have done that movie. Yeah, I made so many mistakes. And a lot I was of enemies. a real jerk and a lot of enemies. Well, apparently Kathleen Turner has made a lot of enemies. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. There's. I, when I was looking up this stuff, it's, you know, she's had some beef with a few actors. Mm. So I don't want to say like that I don't believe her because no, yeah. obviously from watching this movie, I could tell oh that God. there was something up with him. Oh, yeah. She was much <laughs> more normal than him. <laughs> she was pretty good, actually. Yeah, she I was thought. good. Yeah, she was fine. Um, I think if you take away Nick Cage from this movie, you probably have a decent romantic comedy, right? Like if you put somebody else in that role. Yeah. I mean, the plot is pretty silly, but because it is a Coppola movie, like there are some pretty cool cinematic moments, I would say, if Mm. you're into filmmaking. Yeah, I guess. Like the lighting and some of the scenes is cool. Like the way that he films some things is interesting. Sure. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. So... Let's get, let's get, we're almost at the end of this. this, Yeah, yeah. we're we're almost at the end of this movie here. Honestly, like the most important thing for you to take away from this podcast is the way that he was talking. Oh my God, his voice. (laughs) (laughs) So they break up after he wakes her up, uh, after the attempted murder. And so he wakes her up and she, they, they go down to the basement for some reason, which is, again, it's pretty well like lit and well shot, but he loses his voice for a few seconds <laughs> yeah. in this scene and he instead dons a Don Knotts type voice like, well, I don't know why. I've got the hair. I've got the teeth. I've got the eyes. What's wrong with me? And she's just like, you wouldn't understand. You cheated on me in the future or something. And during the breakup scene, Hannah's like, this is really excruciatingly bad acting because he doesn't have any real tears and Hannah just shouts he got cast in movies after this, and I think I said the exact same thing after Valley Girl. So there were a lot this of... This really uh, launched his career. Yeah, yeah. It really did, awkwardly enough. So the next scene is kind of a quick one. Um, so Peggy Sue goes out with that uh, Mike guy, whatever his name is. Again, they go to some club, and Nick Cage is singing with an R&B club. He signed with some R&B club. Um, it doesn't end up going anywhere. It doesn't end up going well. So... Peggy Sue meets him outside his house before school the next day. And she's like, I just never, there's so much I, I don't know about you. I didn't know you were in that R&B band. And like, like, that's it. Okay, what else do you not know? Right. You still know that, you know, when push comes to shove, he's an asshole and he doesn't like take care of the kids and he, he cheated, on, cheated you. on you. And yeah, so they're... It's before school, so uh, Nick Cage is walking his dog or something, and he's wearing a full white jumpsuit. It's awesome. And she goes, hey, you know, I want you to take your music career seriously, so I wrote you this song. And it turns out she wrote 
She yeah. loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, but he why decides do... to change. There's there's a line in, early in the movie when she finds out that she's been through oh, time right, travel. Right. And she's like, I'm going to go to Liverpool and I'm going to discover the Beatles. And it's like, yeah, why it's don't like, you do you that? You should have done that. Right. You can write a movie that you know is going to be successful. You could write a book that you know is going to be successful. You could write songs that you know is going to be successful. She tried to invent pantyhose and then gave up on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So apparently I had read actually uh, just kind of skimming through that that was going to be one of the central plot points of this movie was that she was going to invent pantyhose and become very rich. Wow. So instead, her way of getting rich was that they introduced this character at the reunion who was this guy who invented a whole bunch of high tech type of gadgets and things. So she finds him as like a nerd in high school who all these people pick on and she talks to him and kind of encourages him and they talk about time travel. And this guy, I, I love this scene because this happened a little earlier, but the guy goes, well, there's a few theories for time travel. One is the Newtonian theory where time is a straight line. And then Einstein said time is relative. And he goes, and then there's Richard's burrito. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he's like, Richard's burrito, where time folds over on itself for brief periods of time. For, like a burrito. Like a burrito. It folds in on itself. And, and she, we like look at each other. We're like, how? That makes... <laughs> absolutely zero sense no no sense at all and then she was like well what's inside the burrito and he's like memories it could be anything it could be memories and it's like what does that even mean it reminded me of the good place with jeremy Baramy. and that's the that's the line of time is if you write in cursive jeremy Baramy, <laughs> that is what oh, time yeah. is represented as <laughs> it's just so outlandishly stupid anyway the burrito effect so while they're outside his house, he says a line, which I think is really weird. He goes, uh, do you think the world will still like me if I stop being Mr. Perfect? And it, like it kind of came unprompted out of nowhere. I don't know. So they're in the schoolyard and. Uh, I don't know. Just thinking back on this movie, like, I think you're supposed to like his character. Yeah. Or feel sympathetic for him, but because of the way he's talking, it just sounds like everything he's saying is like condescending. Yeah, because it sounds like he's just like making fun of somebody else every word, like every line that he says. Mm -hmm. Like nothing is serious with that stupid voice that he's doing. Yeah. So, yeah. So real quick, there's only maybe two more scenes. They're in the schoolyard, and he's like, "Oh, I really like the song you wrote for me." They talk about that, and his hair looks way brighter than it was before. And he's like, give me another chance. Let's go out tonight. And she's like, I can't go out tonight. I'm going to see my grandparents. So she goes to see her grandparents who have probably passed. God. And she openly talks about time travel to them. And they're like, oh, yeah, we've time traveled. <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, it's yeah, totally. That makes sense to me. <laughs> like, and then her grandfather's like, here, let's let's go to the club. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to take you to my kind of drinker's club or something. Yeah. My and country club. Whatever. My country club or something like that. And he's in a cult. Her grandpa is in a full-on cult. They're all wearing purple robes and funny hats, and they're doing chants, and they're lighting candles. And she's like... And they try to do a chant to bring her back to the future. Right. She's like, I miss my kids. I miss my old life. So suddenly the lights are flickering. Yeah. And there's a storm. Yeah. And like everything's like seeming like we're thinking we're like, is this how she's really going to get back? That her grandfather's cults are going to like... Yeah. Wish her into the future. <laughs> what is the worst way to get yourself brought back to the future? I think a grandfather's cult. 
No, there's a worse way, and that's the way that it happens oh, in the movie. yes, exactly. It's a cop-out. So when the lights go out, she vanishes, and everybody goes, yeah, we did time You're travel. Like, oh, my God, Ooh. we did tri- time travel. Yeah, but no, actually, Nick Cage came in. And, like, kidnapped scooped her. her up, <laughs> and he goes, I'm saving you. And he brings her out to this nearby lighthouse through the storm, so they're soaking wet. And he gives her her favorite locket that she still has in the future. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry about something. And they start making out and they have sex and she gets humped back into the future. (laughs) You know what the worst way to bring me 25 years into the future would be? Having sex with Nicolas Cage. That is the worst way by a landslide. (laughs) She gets humped into the future. She gets humped right back to the correct time. This movie broke me. So, yeah, so they're back in the right time now, and she's in the hospital. They're like, oh, my God, you passed out at the reunion. Nick Cage is there, and we get a much closer look at his face, and we get a closer look at how poorly he's aged, but it's all makeup and wigs and stuff. And he looks horrible, and (laughs) he's just like, I'll never give up. Now he's in his normal voice, I think, because he's aged. He's like, I'll never give up, you know, on being with her or something like that. And he leans over to hug her. And you can clearly see his underwear through his white pants. (laughs) Oh, wait. First, he gives her this book that is from Michael, the guy that... thank you for reminding me. Yeah. So we're thinking, we're like, okay, so it was all a dream, I guess. She didn't actually time travel. And then Nick hands her this book that was written by Michael. So he, I guess he becomes an author. And, And Nick is like, look, it's dedicated to you. So she opens the front page and it says... From that night we spent under the stars for Peggy Sue. Which I thought it was funny that they mentioned, they even yeah. recalled the stars because as we were saying, right. it's like right. such a really right. bad set. But It was like dedicated to Peggy Sue and our night under the stars or something. Yeah. But so in the original timeline, she was like, well, I've never hooked up with him because I was with Charlie through high school. But he, I would have. Basically. Yeah. And then when she goes, she back, goes in back in time, she hooks up with him right. under the stars. Right. And then gets humped back into the future. <laughs> right. Wakes up in the hospital bed and suddenly has hooked up with him in the past. Right. So, so did she actually time travel? I don't know. I can't answer that. I don't know if she time traveled or if it was all a dream. I, cu- I couldn't tell you. Honestly, I don't care enough to think anymore about it. Yeah. So quick side note. We also watched a terrible movie this past week <laughs> oh my God. called The Box. And that is not <laughs> Nick Cage, but it is uh, Cameron Diaz and James Marsden. And that was a really bad movie. I highly recommend it. But it way more convoluted than this. We won't get into the plot right here, obviously. But I, I would recommend it for a, just a weird time. So bad. So then the credits roll and we see that the girl, the teenage girl who plays Peggy Sue's daughter is... No, no, uh, no, Peggy Sue's sister. Sister, I'm sorry. That plays Peggy Sue's sister. You're right. Is uh, Sophia Coppola again. So (laughs) again, all of these Coppolas getting their uh, nepotism nepotism in. Yeah. So uh, what what did you think of the movie? Would you ever watch this movie again? (sighs) Maybe I'd watch like clips from it. Right. Just to hear that voice. Right. And right. have it haunt me. Would you ever recommend this movie? Oh my god. I don't think I would. No. Like I said, if if it weren't Nicolas Cage, if it were literally anybody else, I would think about it. If it were Nick Cage and he was just doing a normal voice, maybe it would be fine. Eh. 
The movie is absolutely ruined by his voice. You can't disagree. Like you no. can't deny that. No, this this movie is way worse because of the voice he does. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So uh do you want to do some Nick Cage awards? Yeah. I you're so broken. You're so Maybe broken. Maybe I'll recommend this movie to like someone who really likes Back to the Future. Just be like, oh, you liked Back to the Future? You should watch this. Oh, this is exceedingly <laughs> worse. Uh so let's do some. My award. dad said it was a good movie when we saw him earlier today. Well, yeah, but to be fair, he probably only saw it once in, in the mid eighties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when it came out. Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, it's fine." <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, it's cute." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so all right, let's let's do the awards. Best dressed. Best dressed. What do you think? Is it the music? Is it the is it the frills on the? I like the yeah. I like the gold glittery blazer it's hard to the, beat that with the white music staff with uh, musical notes that's pretty good with it especially that hair and the hair and the khaki pants ah yeah yeah it's hard to beat the that. gold with khaki is really a classy <laughs> move <laughs> you are not wrong um let's see what do you think was maybe the worst scene um there's a there's a few probably kinda... his acting in the basement scene yeah you don't want to give it to like a throwaway scene at the lunch table or something Steve, like that the camera zoomed so far away from his face because he was fake crying and it was so obvious that he was fake crying that even like even coppola was probably like oh shit we can't put a close-up of his face on this yeah yeah you're you're probably right um what else do we do oh we introduced a best supporting actor what do you what do you think it's it's got to be kathleen turner right i mean jim carrey (laughs) jim carrey was pretty funny he was classic jim carrey yeah there was a line where it was during the blood drive and they were like hey boys are you guys okay stop fooling around over there and jim carrey's double jointed so he like loosens his arms and he goes i'm worried about the side effects (laughs) and he's like he's very jim carrey yeah he's very yeah well last time i gave the best supporting actor to the puppy so there I is feel a dog like in this there is a dog i feel like i should give it i mean yeah like in real life i would give it to kathleen turner but, but it goes for the, the sake of the podcast <laughs> hmm. maybe the grandfather the grandfather was pretty good <laughs> but the grandparents they were just so kind they were so great they're like yes we understand you may have time traveled here but we still love you they're like they're like mm, i understand that you miss your kids they're not like <laughs> Oh, we're just happy we got to see you before you go back to the future. Um, all right. What else do we do? Nouveau Shamanic. No, we got to do scream. best scene, best scream in Nouveau Shamanic. So best scene. Let's start there. Is it his singing? Because he was, he was a pretty good singer. I was liked it? the vampire scene. That was good. That and that's a little hint of of a movie to come. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's apparently going to time out really well because it's going to be right during Halloween weekend when we watch Vampire's Kiss in a few weeks. Yeah, if all goes well. If all goes well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was pretty good. And you know, with all of these things, I don't have a huge opinion, so I just kind of go with yours. Blah blah blah. I want to suck your blood. I want to suck your Twinkie. <laughs> uh so let's see here what else and then he barked at her too oh best scream is that the best scream Mm -mm. i mean what else he screams okay i did just say that the worst scene was the basement scene but he screamed something in the basement scene that was just like gibberish 
Was it the, I've got the eyes, I've got the hair? No, no, I've no. Got the... He, like, got in her face and, and yelled something. If I find it, I'll put it in. Okay. Did that Maynard G. Beatnik give you what you wanted? And uh, most nouveau shamanic, it's got to be the way he eats. <laughs> yep. It's got to be. <laughs> it's got to be just, he just takes that mint. Like, it's the only thing left in the deserted island. But... Also, like, he's never eaten anything before. <laughs> that is definitely true. <laughs> it's his first time eating anything, but also his last... Also, he thinks it might be his last time. <laughs> <laughs> so, I uh, I think we failed to mention earlier this movie got uh, 85 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty high. I think it's tied for highest that we've seen so far. It's a 6.3 on IMDb. Um, so, it's kind of middle of the pack on IMDb, and as well as uh, uh, the Metacritic score. It got in the high 50s, I think it was. So, where are you rating this movie? Can we go over our sure. past ratings? So, it's Racing with the Moon is first, then Best of Times, Birdie, Valley Girl, The Cotton Club, Fast Times at Richmond High, Rumblefish, The Boy in Blue, and then we have to decide Peggy Sue got married. So, I don't think it was as bad as The Boy in Blue. No, no. I I would, I mean, it's, in terms of feeling of the movie, it is the most similar to Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Valley Girl. Yeah, because it's all high school Because it's like movies. a high school movie. So maybe I'll put it, so it goes Valley Girl, Cotton Club, Fast Times. So. I'm putting it below Fast Times. But he wasn't even in Fast Times. Exactly. <laughs> but his like. It's so Nick. The voice. Yeah, but the fact that he decided to use that voice is such a Nick Cage thing. <laughs> this movie broke you. It broke me. However. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where, where are you putting it? I'll, I'll, I'll leave it up to you. I, I say it goes below Fast Times. What comes after Fast Times currently? Rumblefish. I'm putting it above Rumblefish. Yeah, Rumblefish was pretty boring. I think, bet- so I think, I think below Cotton Club between Cotton Club and Fast Times. Okay, I think this is kind of where we have to really decide, is this going to be from a Nick Cage? I think it has to be. It's from a Nick Cage standpoint, this yeah. list, because we have Racing with the Moon first. Well, exactly. Was, yeah. This this list has always been from a Nick Cage standpoint. Okay. That's why Best of Times is so high. <laughs> Best of Times is... Garbage. Incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. All right, I like that. Let's put that there okay. between um, Fast Times and Cotton Club. So I'll, I'll adjust the list in a, in a moment, but that puts it at what, like fourth pl- fifth place? Maybe fourth, fifth, sixth, sixth. Okay, so sort of middle of the pack, and uh, we've got a few more movies until we get to our first ten. Um, but next week, let me see if I still have it up here. So next week we are going to be watching Raising Arizona from 1987. I don't really know anything about the movie, but people, it's kind of it's the first movie so far that people ask like, "Oh, have you watched this movie yet?" When we say, yeah, hey, "Everyone asks about like Wicker Man, obviously National Treasure." Uh, the Rock, Con Air, yeah, face, face off. off. But this is one of those ones that comes up sometimes. People are like, oh, Nick Cage. Have you ever seen Racing Arizona? Um, Raising or Racing? Raising. I just read it. Raising, Raising Arizona. So Racing with the Moon. Racing with the Moon. Raising, Raising Arizona. Arizona. Best times at Ridgemont High. Fast, Fast times, times at Ridgemont, Ridgemont High. Best of times. <laughs> <laughs> He's done so many movies. and Many of them are bound to Peggy sound alike. Peggy Sue got married. <laughs> Which, by the way. Oh, God. They did the why thing. Why is it called that? I don't know. They did the thing where they say the title of the movie in the movie, <laughs> which Family Guy made fun of brilliantly a few years ago. But 
yeah, that was it was a really stupid thing. It was like racing with the moon. Why was it called this? <laughs> they said it once. Yeah. So yeah, we will watch Raising Arizona, and uh, we'll let you know how that goes. So tune in next week. I think that sums everything up. Anything else I'm missing? No, I need to go to sleep or something. <laughs> I need another drink. We 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 shared a oh, bottle yeah. of Coppola wine while we watched this Coppola film. Yeah, the Coppolas have a vineyard, I guess, in Napa Valley. It was pretty good. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It's probably better than the movie. All right, so now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. <laughs>